World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show. I'm Jeff, the host of it, and you're the listeners, and there's some guests here. They're not on the show yet. They're here, and you can hear all of this, before you, like three weeks before you're hearing it, audience. <sighs> These things are recorded ahead of time. Uh, sometimes that's troublesome. Like, uh, a couple weeks ago, I said in the intro to this show, hey, don't friend me on Facebook. And then, like, two days after recording that, but before the episode had gone up, some fans were like, mm, I wonder if it's okay to friend him on Facebook. And they tried. And I was like, oh no, that episode's gonna come out, and they're gonna think I was talking about them, but I wasn't. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was talking <laughs> hypothetically about them, but it was not a response to their, uh, friend requests, which were denied. I don't, uh, like to make friends with fans of this show, because I don't with praise well. Anyway, this, um, this episode is about a no-sleep story called Does It Hurt When You Sleep? And with me to talk about it are two brand new guests. Please welcome Kira White. Hey. And Lisette Voitko. Hey. And... Oh, we didn't discuss beforehand who would summarize the story. That is... Let's flip a... I'm going to do an eeny, meeny, miny, mo. How can you do that? You can't see me. Kira, you're going to um, summarize this story for us. I pointed at the little markers in our recording room to okay. uh, <laughs> do this. <laughs> I don't know if I trust the objectiveness of this method, but okay. <laughs> I could have flipped a coin. Uh, so, yeah, get us started on Does It Hurt with you When You Sleep by Reddit user ABLDR. Alrighty. So, we've got uh, your classic campus uh, mystery. <laughs> um so some strange emails start uh, showing up in people's inboxes from the administrative office at a what I believe to be a small rural college. Uh, so the first one says, is anyone else seeing flashing lights when they try to sleep? So uh, our narrator is, uh, like many of us, uh, uses WebMD as the first line of defense when <laughs> concerned about something. Uh, so sort of starts looking to, uh, internet self diagnosis websites, uh, as the emails continue to come about, uh, hurting when it sleeps. Uh, there's just sort of mass panic among the students. Uh, the administration is trying to calm them down. Uh, assure them that it's probably just a prank. Uh, things get get wacky. Things get wacky. Um, the emails start getting creepier and more specific, uh, telling people that they should be careful about seeing any of these symptoms uh, until they discover 
dun 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 Oliver the dad boy on a roof right he's on a roof I think yeah. he's always on a roof yeah they go up to the roof the, the roof so yeah Oliver is uh, who we find out has been sending these emails and not long after he's found dead uh, other people start showing up sick and their symptoms are similar to what Oliver was publicizing in his emails uh, and I don't know do I yeah know? we're we, 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 we spoil the endings uh, on this um, so our narrator uh, seems to have some insider information uh, and does the whole like uh, zombie apocalypse prep thing with uh, food and water and um, peeing in a bucket and uh, taping up the windows and uh, AC vents. So then we uh, really get the, the good stuff, which is the very graphic uh, description of what happens to people's eyeballs when they get this <laughs> mysterious illness, um, <laughs> which uh, was fascinating to me, uh, mostly because what um, someone's eyeballs, the nerves in their eyeballs jut upward almost a foot. That's an image. <laughs> um and so we get at the end that our uh, narrator uh, takes a pill, uh, timer goes off, looks out on the wasteland of humanity, uh, and lets us know that uh, they are going to be sending out an email to the CDC and the neighboring counties <laughs> about what actually is uh, going on with this disease, which is an airborne fungus, a mutant strain. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, we never fully learn the true nature of the narrator, but there seems to be a hint that they are not a, um, uh, not necessarily a malicious force since they are like, oh, this is what's happening. I'm going to warn everyone then. But also they don't tell anyone on campus how to keep safe from it. So uh, I just wanted to say here, this story was written by Carrie H., uh, who also writes stories at searchandrescuewoods.tumblr.com. Uh, I had trouble finding, I had to go to the podcast, uh, the No Sleep podcast page uh, to find that information. There's no credit on the original post, um, but luckily I can't read very well, so I listen to the podcast instead. I mean, I can read fine, but uh, I have trouble paying attention to reading things, and it's much easier to, like play Pokemon or Picross or something and listen. Uh, so I do that for all the ones that I possibly can. Uh, anyway, that's a huge aside. Uh, Lisette, how did this story strike you when you read it? Yeah, so this was my first experience reading any creepypasta. Um, and I read it on the train yesterday on my way home. And um, I actually kind of thought I wanted to call a lot of shenanigans on the structure of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not only was like the illness itself completely bizarre and something that wouldn't happen in real life, but um, a little known fact about me. I spent a summer as a receptionist for a um, company that owned a bunch of nursing homes and they were really an old school type of company and they would hand me sheets of paper to retype edits to and I was retyping all of their plans for epidemics and how to handle like disease outbreak and so I know for a fact that if there was such an uh, like an outbreak or an epidemic on a college campus like it would never get to the point where everybody on campus would like just <laughs> die 
before there'd be any, before there'd be any type of intervention from like local authorities or the like the state department's, um, version of the CDC or something like that. Um, so, you know, I, I liked the, I, that was my problem with it. It was interesting that they included some real science in terms of how like this fungus might or may not spread. There was some really interesting stuff in the comments about that. Um, readers who are into science who are kind of correlating the symptoms of this mutant strain with something that actually happens in nature with like slugs and yeah, snails. Yeah, there's a certain type of fungus in uh, the Cordyceps genus, I believe. I don't know the specific species. Um, it will often impact ants and they will climb up very high and then sprout uh, long sprouts out of their faces, uh, much like happens to the people in this story, which is also the premise to the hit um, 2013, I believe, video game The Last of Us uh, is that this exact uh, strain of fungus uh, starts to impact human beings um, and it causes a uh, zombies aren't cool anymore so this isn't a zombie apocalypse uh, but exactly that type of apocalypse um, where like there's a bunch of people who are infected with it and you have to fight them um, yeah it's it's this is it it's so specific it almost reads like uh, fan fiction for because you never find out in that game how the infection started and spread um, but it still manages to be an interesting story on its own because uh, I assume uh, it's not a safe assumption um, had either of you made that connection were you familiar with the um, with the the last of us not familiar with the game but I see so many similarities between this and fan fiction and I was absolutely into fan <laughs> fiction when I was like 13 14 15 like Full yeah, transparency. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's this. Uh, that's the No Sleep Forum is basically uh, fan fiction for the genre of horror. Uh, so it ends up having a lot of like, oh, you can see someone uh, read or watched something that they liked and wanted to make a similar story. Um, one of the more popular ones that we covered on this show came out like a month after that episode of Doctor Who with the uh, Weeping Angels and it's pretty much the same thing but uh, it's like I don't know, it's weird there's a lot of those, there's a lot of these ones where it's very clear where they drew their inspiration from um, Kira, had you uh, had you noticed any uh, similarities to something pre-existing or was this uh, did this strike you as as a fresh new idea. I mean, I got the um, sort of x files vibe mm -hmm. from the ongoing question of, is there an evil force at work here? Or are we just at the end going to find out it's some, you know, natural phenomenon that uh, gets uncovered? Yeah, that was almost disappointing to me that it ended up being like, oh, it's just a fungus. Because it... <laughs> Just a fungus. Damn. There's a fungus yeah. among us. It seemed the whole time like it was going to be uh, like, oh, this guy's dreams are haunted. Also, the title phrase I don't think actually appears verbatim in the story. Does it hurt when you sleep? Uh, there's a bunch of like mm, similar, like almost asking that question, but not quite. Right. Um, I'm going to do a control F and just see. No, it's, that's it. It's just that one. It's just in the title. Uh, and that 
is like a specifically spooky thing to <laughs> say, and it would have been interesting if that had been like a repeated motif in the emails they were getting, but it wasn't. Um, flashing lights, it really hurts to sleep, are any of you noticing it too? Um, and that stuff was really interesting. I think the most intriguing part of this for me um, is probably that it's a mystery. Like, we don't know what the deal is with this uh, proxy person, uh, or Oliver, as uh, they probably are. It's... It's, I'm suspicious of every detail of the story about who's sending the emails and if Oliver was really the person behind it because of the, like, last third of it where we find out that the narrator uh, is, like, studying this disease instead of helping people. Yeah, also, it's bizarre that... um this strange illness affects only Oliver over the course of whatever days or weeks. Uh, and then everyone gets sick later. So if we have this idea that it's like horribly contagious, um, was Oliver not coming into contact with anyone else or where did it come from to affect the first person that it was only him? It could have just been that the spores didn't spread until after Oliver hit that rooftop and died. Um, cause it, it, it says it takes mm. two weeks after Oliver's death for people to start getting sick. Um, which I, it's almost like disappointing cause I really liked all the paranoia at the beginning where it was almost like because they were getting the emails, it was making them feel sick. Um, but like right. they weren't sick. Uh, and then, oh no, it's a fungus exploded and made everybody sick. <laughs> It's, but also, yeah. Then how did all of them get it? We never know. Uh, yeah, Lisette, how did that? Uh, how did you find this mystery? Was it compelling for you as well? Uh, you know, like I, I really, I really question like what the like what the narrator's like true intent was, right? Like they they knew, um, or the, the narrator knew rather, as soon as like Oliver died and people started talking about him, like the narrator said, I sat in on these groups and listened, never trying to steer anyone in the right direction. They know soon enough. So, uh, you know, I, I just really want to understand why the narrator didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did the narrator like, do how- anything? Like what, how did the narrator know about all this? I, I have no clue. I mean, n- yeah. none of us have any clue. Like, it's it really makes me question, like, if they are actually the person who decided to infect everybody in the first place, but then why would they notify, notify the CDC? Like, yeah. you know, what was the true intent there? Yeah, it's interesting, because this, um, there's no indication that this person is new to campus or has, like, transferred to follow Oliver or anything like that. And it's just like, oh, I'm cramming for a test, and I got an email. Okay, that's very weird that suddenly halfway through the story, you know exactly what's going on. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. It's, It's almost like they had this interesting beginning in mind and then didn't really have an idea for how to wrap it up. Um, and so just sort of were like, um, I'll go with this, uh, fungal outbreak that, uh, that's a fun idea that I like, but it's not as compelling to me for it to be, uh, 
uh, solved like that, because the mysteries that we want to know about aren't solved, and the mysteries nobody asks about are. <laughs> like, oh, what's making everybody <laughs> sick? I was, I would have been fine just never knowing that. That's a fine mystery to keep. Yeah, I definitely didn't feel the need to know exactly which antifungal drug <laughs> that I needed to take to avoid it, which is what the last word in the yeah. is, is letting yeah, me know that's all- <laughs> what I should go pick up. It's pharmacy. a real one, fluconazole. Um, oh, yeah. And it's weird that it would be something like such a basic antifungal medicine that's keeping this person from getting this extremely powerful uh, illness. I don't know. It's just... It's there's so much of it that just rings false to me from a narrative perspective without anything actually explicitly being wrong with the story. Yeah, it's almost like there's an absence of backstory to support all of these plot yeah. developments, right? Yeah, if there was if it had been like in the beginning nobody knows how they're getting sick and then it describes everyone dying and then maybe like an epilogue where the F- FC or nope, CDC uh the CDC or, like, the National Guard or whoever comes in and, like, discovers all of this and, like, uh, the veteran is explaining it to the rookie and then we're like, oh, that's what happened. That I feel like that would have maybe even read a little better than what we got, which was uh, the narrator suddenly being uh, this, like somewhat sinister genius who knows exactly what's happening uh, in this whole bad situation. Also, I'm a little bit mad (laughs) that we get just like one paragraph about uh, who the first victim of this fungus was. And uh, just drop in there that uh, he had a cat and nobody knows what happened to the cat. Yeah, that's such a weird detail. Come on. That's just mean. (laughs) At least made that at least make that come back. Like, make the cat show up later and be like, oh, that's how the disease started spreading. But no, nothing Mm -hmm. nothing like that. No, I I have two problems with the cat. (laughs) Listen, we're all gonna have problems (laughs) with the cat, but go ahead. Okay, one, what college would let you have a cat on campus, right? Does it say he lives in yeah, a dorm? Yeah, that's true. This, I feel like someone who had access to the administrative offices uh, is probably, like, a grad student and lives off campus or in, like, the special, uh, the, like, special grad student housing that is basically an apartment. Okay, f- uh, fair, yeah, but we don't true. know. <laughs> uh, two, the other thing about cats, um, there is like a type of like fungal thing that happens with cats in litter boxes that infects their owners that turns them like slightly crazy over time. Oh, I have that. I've got toxoplasmosis. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, toxoplasmosis, yeah, that thing. has got it. So anyways, maybe those were the two things that could potentially be why the cat was there, but I don't know. That would have been hilarious if it was just in the end about toxic <laughs> like, oh, yeah, They all really <laughs> wanted cat. to be friends with cats, and then the cats ate them. The end. That's the horror story about my life. Uh, um, so let's get into the spookiest parts. Kira, what's the spookiest part of this story for you? Spookiest part? Um, I really like the sort of degeneration of the email messages. Uh, I mean, it kind of <laughs> lost its uh, impact for me by the end. Um, but something about sort of like 
not knowing where they came from, um, how you get the different symptoms of it sort of coming out in pieces. Um, there's one block that says, do your eyelids feel tighter? If you start to have trouble remembering colors, get help. Sinus burning is part of it, I think. Pay attention, wear masks. And that to me sort of contributes to the buildup that we all identified as like expecting more from the ending. Um, just this idea, like if you have s- trouble remembering colors, yeah. I was like, what That's could that like be? That's kind of like a spooky magic What's idea. What's the sky again? Yeah. What's the sky again? I can't remember. <laughs> like what? Sounds like something way cooler than a fungus that makes your eyeballs fall out. Uh, Lisette, what about you? What's the spookiest part of this story for you? I I would have to say the very end when the narrator goes up to the roof and you have that very vivid imagery of like the nerve stalks and the birds plucking everyone's eyeballs out like red berries. Uh, Because A, that's like such a grotesque visual to like go in your head and have to visualize that like, you know, definitely pretty sickening. Um, And I'm a huge wimp. So that like totally gets me right away. Uh, But also like the scariest part of any horror story to me is when it's too like it's too late. There's no getting out of it. And like you're fucked no matter what. Like that's the part of the story where it's like, yeah, all these people are completely done, dead and dusted. And there's like nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it's it's. Like we don't ha- we don't have to see the downfall, but we know like as soon as the narrator is sealing up their room, like, well, this is it. They're gonna hunker down for a couple days while everyone else dies. Uh, I think for me, the spookiest part is before we know what's going on. Like, cause I um I hadn't anticipated uh, the illness or anything, but getting these emails that are like, it really hurts to sleep. Are any of you noticing it too? Um, and then some people are like, oh yeah, I have been noticing it. And like, that was this sort of like not viral uh, in the medical sense, but in the internet sense, this sort of viral illness spreading through emails was like a really spooky idea uh and then the author went and messed that up by making it something else but you know can't can't win all can't win them all um well also i think the the trope of like it's just mass hysteria has somewhat recently gotten played out so i probably would have been pissed if that was how it ended oh i think that it should have been that taken to like a an unreasonable extreme like oh the emails aren't just making people feel sick it's like making people actually start being sick based on the like so yeah like the rain exactly with emails uh, <laughs> I just want to mention now, I watched the new The Ring called Rings, uh, and the trailers <laughs> made it seem like someone took the Ring video and uploaded it to YouTube and made the whole internet haunted. But that is not what that is not what happens in the movie. Uh, what happens? Someone finds the tape and starts sort of like a um, like help group for people who see the like chaining it because you can not get killed by the girl if you show someone else the video before the seven days is up. So they're just sort of like chaining it out. So like, oh, you've seen the video, we'll wait uh, six days and 23 hours and then have someone else watch like your uh, copy of the video. Um, And 
then they go and find out the origin of the ring girl and uh yeah exactly like they go and like solve it um but like the two cool things that happen are uh the ring video starts playing on an iphone and samara comes out of an iphone to uh haunt somebody uh and (laughs) at one point does actually like the stinger uh cliffhanger ending is that she makes of like a million copies of it and starts like a chain email with the ring video in it which should have been the first scene of the movie <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah, the story disappointed me in much the same way that rings did um let's get into our plugs uh where can the people find you online if they would like to consume your content or if you have any projects uh that you want to promote we'll start with kira oh god no i don't (laughs) want anyone to find me leave me alone (laughs) okay that's that's my plug i just (laughs) hang out in my house with my cat okay sure uh unavailable online kira white (laughs) with that where can the people find you or do you have any projects to promote yeah sure you can find me at lisettefueco.com you can find me at Lisette Vueco on Twitter. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm a freelance writer and editor, so if you want anyone to write words or edit your words, I'm your girl. And of course, you can find me in all the usual places where you always have been able to find me. Weaponizedlanguage.com, funtimes.online. Uh, you can go and go to patreon.com slash jeffjk and give me a dollar a month to get two extra podcasts and uh, some sort of written thing. Um, I don't know what it is this month, even though we're, what, 11, 12 days into the month. I should probably figure it out. We're almost halfway done. Uh, you can also go to etsy.com slash shop slash funtimesonline. I make things out of perler beads. I'll take custom orders, or you can order any of the things that are already on there. I have some satisfied customers who are listeners to the show. Uh, so you can be too. <laughs> uh, what else do I have? Oh, you can go to bit.ly slash wishlist, Jeff, and buy me something from my Amazon wishlist. Are there any other ways that I have been trying to exploit this uh, moderate podcast audience? Uh, No, that's it for now. Um, Thanks for listening to the show, and I wish I had seen... Well, obviously, the title will be the perfect ending line. Does it hurt when you sleep?